Welcome back to the Line Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander. This is a place that we bring together the world's leading experts in all things health and wellness to help you optimize your mind, body, and movement. Today's beautiful conversation is with my new friend, Angelo Keeley. This conversation breaks down everything you could ever possibly need or want to know about protein, all conveniently packaged into this 80-minute conversation. Uh, it was such a pleasure and honor getting to record with Angelo here in my home in Austin, Texas. So if you jump over to the YouTube video, if you want to see the interior of my place here with all of the random gadgets and doohigs and biohacks and quotations and such really fun conversation. I think this is an important one for anyone to tune into. If you've ever worked out, if you plan on becoming an elderly person at some point and want to avoid things like sarcopenia and the loss of muscle tissue, and if you just give a dang about your body, protein is one of those things that you got to know about. There's so much mished mash BS in the world of the, the consumer markets of which protein is the best. And this conversation is a no bullshit, straight to the point, straight to the science uh, breakdown of what you need to know about that. Those sweet, sultry amino acids that build up the structure of your muscles. I want to thank you guys for leaving us reviews on Apple Podcasts. We're going to read one from Edo Thond. I dot hand, Ito Thund, not sure exactly, but I appreciate the review. They said, I've been listening for a little over a year now, and one of my favorite things about this podcast is the way Aaron returns to beginner's mind again and again with his guests. He asks the questions I want answers, and he isn't afraid to challenge statements that might be controversial. His humor, his humility, thank you very much. His unmatched reverence for human experience. You might come to this podcast for deeper insight on a particular topic, but you'll stay for the way it makes you feel. Thank you, Aaron. Is that weird that I'm reading this? It's about me. It's a little strange. Oh, well. Uh, thank you, Ido. The hand, I dot, I dot hand. I'm not sure, uh, but I really appreciate you guys leaving reviews. And I'll read them on here. I love reading them. It's a supportive way to keep my, my morale up in this life. It supports the algorithmic gods of Apple to know that people are listening to this mofo. And that's it. Let's get back to it to uh, deliver the goods, everything you need to know about protein and building muscles from a nutritional perspective in 80 minutes. Let's go. I'd like to focus in on protein and some of like the, the myths around protein and some of the confusion. And I feel like I don't have a really full understanding of protein. I know I've been really into it for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> Well, you know, you seem vibrant and healthy and yeah, strong, so yeah, it's working you know, enough. Yeah, it's all, it's the interest, right. yeah, it's enough. Sometimes I find that in life, like <laughs> just the interest is enough. I don't have to understand all the details. Yeah, that's a good so, start, but, but maybe, maybe, maybe so, some more details will inspire you even more. What do you feel are some of the most common misconceptions or confusions around the topic of protein? Because it's obviously very popular, at mm -hmm. least in like the bro science world. Is there anything where you're like, oh, like that's a, that's a thing that gets shared a lot. And it's like, I think we're kind of missing the mark a bit around protein intake or perhaps variety of proteins, the differences between them. Is there anything that stands out? I mean, the, the main thing that stands out is yes, in bro science, it's, it's very well respected. Oh yeah. But overall, there's been so much like argument and discussion over fats and carbs the last, I don't know, five to 10 years that I feel like protein almost hasn't gotten enough attention about why it's so important and how it's such a unique and different macronutrient than the other two. It, mm. it performs something very differently than the other two do. And then probably the other most important 
know, issue that arises is just in the space of nutritional products, everyone's trying to come out with something new. Yeah. And so they'll come out with something new and they kind of put down the old products. Sure. So people put down whey protein and say, oh, it needs to be this plant protein for this reason, or collagen protein becomes very popular. And there's nuance in those protein sources and they're not all equal and they do very different things that can be good for different reasons. But just kind of talking about them as protein or someone's selling one really hard, people can actually like negatively impact their health by say choosing to pursue an only plant-based diet, but not have a, a really good understanding of how to get a complete protein profile in your diet or to start eating a lot of collagen protein, thinking you're getting a complete protein and you're not, it's not a complete protein. Yeah. So. What, so the folks that are piecing together their amino acid profiles or their protein profiles, whatever the best terminology for yeah. that would be. What are some of the mis the common mistakes that people are making? Can you do well on a all vegan diet and finding your amino acids from these disparate non-essential parts to eventually create the whole you know the, all of the aminos? Because you know, with 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 meat, you're going to be or eggs or any kind of animal product, you're going to be get, getting all the essential amino acids and non-essential. It's one shot. Then you split that apart go plant-based only. I feel like you have to have a little bit more intelligence on how you piece that together. I think that's the answer. So yes, you absolutely can. You can choose a vegan diet and you can kind of nourish yourself with the right amount of calories per day, just like total amount of kind of food intake. That's the right amount of calories for your daily activity and get a complete protein profile, but you have to work harder mm. because really only like soy, quinoa, buckwheat have a complete essential amino acid profile. And even in those, the amount of leucine is much lower, which is what stimulates muscle protein synthesis. So you're kind of deficient in that way. And if you're not eating those, you have to be, you have to be mixing and matching a lot of different protein sources to get a complete protein profile. What would some of the most common mistakes people that are on a plant-based diet be making? Simply not getting all of the, the essential amino acids in, in their diet. So they could be, um, thinking that just by eating a lot of vegetables. And I think oftentimes it's, it's also very challenging if you're going with a plant-based diet, it's, it, you have a lot of carbs that you're eating, right? So you're probably eating lots of vegetables, you're eating lots of grains. And while grains can have, if you combine the right grains, you can get complete essential amino acid profile. Again, it's just very challenging. So likely you're deficient in certain ones and being deficient in any one essential amino acid will both limit the ability of your body to synthesize new proteins, which are obviously really important for building muscle and sustaining muscle, but for all the tissues in your body. Mm -hmm. The other major issue is that if you're low in certain amino acids, amino acids are the precursors for all of your neurotransmitters in your brain. And so you can have um, really dysregulated mood issues if you're mm -hmm. not getting all the amino acids from your food. What would the remedy be for a vegan or plant-based diet? What would be some like, just some effective kind of like shotgun remedies to be able to throw it's like just start doing this and it would be supportive i'm hesitant to say this because it's what my company does but yeah. to be really direct i would take an essential amino acid supplement hmm. because it's kind of the most easy effective way to get all the amino acids and there's many brands out there keon being one of them that offers a vegan based option hmm. and so you can get that full spectrum of essential amino acids and just supplement it in your, in your diet, which is the purpose, I think, of nutritional supplements and dietary supplements overall is they're not going to kind of fix a core problem. They're going to, be, they're going to supplement what your diet is if you're not currently getting enough of what you need out of your diet. Yeah. And so it's a great solution. So I'd love to know, and we'll get into to like history of you, because I think you have a really interesting history that I'd love to discuss here and kind of like what brought you to this point. But starting off, like, like the bare essentials, 
I'd love to just understand like what is protein? What are essential amino acids? What are non-essential amino acids? What are branch chain amino acids? And that. Like a, like the Great. baseline yeah. education of like what the hell are we even talking about this? There's a lot of words like that where you just say it. And you just it's like, yeah, hey, protein, fat. You know, yeah. it's like like <laughs> do you what does that actually even mean? Totally. You know? I think at the most fundamental level, there are three macronutrients that people are typically familiar with, and those are carbohydrates, fat, and protein. You, I guess alcohol as well, if you want to count it, but it doesn't really have any actual like nutritional value. And protein is very different than carbs and fat because carbs and fat, their, their primary role really is to provide energy to the body, your body to be able to convert carbs and fat into ATP to then fuel your body to like move and to do things. The core function of protein, while protein can do that, uh, protein is made up of amino acids. And there's 22 amino acids that are commonly found in dietary protein in the human body. And nine of those are essential. And the, the other um, 13 are not. So did I say 20 or 22? It kind of depends, but 22 is the, the number I'm more, I'm, I find yeah. myself saying more often now because it depends on how you define an amino acid as being actually part of our dietary protein or not. It's like Pluto. It's like Pluto. There you go. Yeah. What a devastating day. We lost Pluto. <laughs> You know, I know. And it's weird because I feel like I'm 38 and it's like, man, it was like all the way through my entire like schooling. And then yeah. like someone told me in our 20s, I was like, I think I most like, people Pluto. had a special fondness around Pluto as well. You know, it's the smallest one. It feels like it was the last one. So you remember the yeah. first and the last and just like chop that I off. Know. Yeah. And it was kind of mysterious. All right. <sighs> Almost esoteric. Yeah. 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 It's the whole thing. So 22 amino acids. <laughs> and so if you can imagine, proteins are made up of amino acids. And there are proteins you know, throughout our body. The, the easiest thing to think of is like our muscle tissue. But actually, when you break down what the human body is composed of, many of us are familiar with the highlight, like 60% of your body is water or 70%. Mm. It's really about 60% in adults. Well, what really? is, Yeah. Well, what oh, is the wow. other 40% of your body? And half of that other 40%, 50% of your solid body mass is made up of amino acids. It's made up of different protein structures. Mm. And the way that your body is made up of those is through consuming proteins. It's through consuming amino acids that actually synthesize those proteins. So you could, many argue that protein is actually the only absolutely necessary macronutrient. Mm. It's not really, I mean, it's, if you don't eat carbs, you don't eat fat, you're going to get really hungry. You have to eat so much protein to end up like generating ATP because it's not as efficient a source for that. Yeah. But the only way that you actually like build muscle, build tissue is from the consumption of these amino acids. And the reason why there's nine that are essential is because those are the ones that your body cannot synthesize. So your body takes these nine essential amino acids, and then it can create the other ones out of those nine. Mm. Now, when you eat a whole food protein, it can be composed of any combination of the nine essential amino acids and the other non-essential amino acids, the ones that your body can synthesize. So, the, so that's interesting. The essential amino acids, your body's able to I don't know, could you say like alchemize or combine or uh -huh. integrate those essentially convert them convert yeah. to create the non-essential amino acids. Yes. It's not just something that endogenously manifests the non-essentials. They're actually being converted from the essentials. Yes. That's interesting. Hmm. And it's, I mean, without going too far down the hole or too much of a tangent, there are certain non-essential amino acids. It's, it's very complex in the human body that you could take exogenously and it has an immediate kind of effect that you're wanting to get. And there's others where it's way better to actually just take the essential amino acids 
that then, when synthesized, combine and create this later non-essential amino acid. Hmm. So there's a lot of variance and difference between all the amino acids. They're not, they don't all follow kind of the same pattern. They do different things within the body and they, some stimulate specific types of processes. Some are precursors for other types of amino acids and some they're like mini chains of them. For example, one that will probably come up later in our conversation is tryptophan is a precursor to 5-HTP, which is also amino acid, which is a precursor to serotonin, which is a precursor to melatonin. So you could just, you know, if you're trying to increase the amount of serotonin, you could just take 5-HTP or you could take tryptophan. And there's different reasons why you might take one instead of the other. Mm. What do you think about using supplements like that, like 5-HTP for, I mean, it's, a, I think, common around like party culture, people uh-huh. using like MDMA and things of the sort. Is there a space for taking in supplemented form of 5-HTP? Is it like have, is there any kind of drawback or detriment to that? So I would typically advise people to take tryptophan instead of taking 5-HTP, but you can absolutely take 5-HTP. And the reason for that is, so my understanding of why people take 5-HTP after they consume some type of party drug is because they kind of dysregulated the amount of serotonin in their body and the production of serotonin. And by kind of exogenously taking the 5-HTP, they're they're refilling those reserves and supporting more natural serotonin production in the body. From my own experience of taking 5-HTP and from many others, there are some... It, it c- tends to be kind of more unpredictable. Mm. Like sometimes taking 5-HTP feels really good and it's great. And sometimes it's like, it doesn't work. Whereas taking tryptophan has a very consistent experience personally for me in the body and through research studies in terms of uh, tryptophan ultimately modulating mood and also specifically supporting sleep, which mm. is largely based off serotonin production. Yeah. It's just kind of like a, a more... It, it's one of those examples where I would encourage to take the essential amino acid and not to take the later derived amino acid that gets produced from it. And then thank you for sharing all this stuff. I know that sometimes you've probably shared this, you know, hundreds or thousands of times. So I appreciate you breaking (laughs) it down. Branched chain amino acids. Okay. Yep. What is that? What's the contention around that? What's the history of that? Was is there still a team that's pro BCAAs? Mm-hmm. Is it's like Yeah. What what is what is a branched chain amino acid? And there there's a team that's pro BCAA and what's what's interesting about this is this is one of those places in nutrition where if you oversimplify it, either side, you'll get into trouble and you'll misrepresent really what the science says and what's good for people. So there are three of the nine essential amino acids that are called branch chain amino acids. And without going into detail, it's the structure of the amino acid. You can get the idea. There's a branch, hmm. right? Oh, yeah, I get that. <laughs> yeah. And the first one of those is leucine. And leucine, it's leucine, isoleucine, and valine are the three branch chain amino acids. And they became very popular in bodybuilding circles and in fitness circles a long time ago, the 80s, probably where it like really started to explode. Because what they discovered is that leucine is not only, there's not only the highest concentration of leucine within human skeletal muscles. So when you actually look at the muscle, leucine is what makes up most of it. But leucine is the primary signaling factor to stimulate muscle protein synthesis. So I'm going to take a step back and kind of explain what muscle protein synthesis is. Thank you. So constantly the proteins in our body, but we'll just identify the muscles right now, but it's all proteins to some degree are experiencing muscle protein turnover. So they're breaking down and then they're resynthesizing again. And every time that you, that a protein breaks down and resynthesizes, it loses a little bit the amino acids. So typically there's a, there's a net negative breakdown. If you don't do any kind of resistance training, actually, let's let's not involve resistance training. If you do not eat protein or you just don't eat for the next two days, overall, you will lose muscle mass. 
And that is because the proteins in your body are breaking down and then they're rebuilding. But if you don't give it more amino acids to fuel it to be resynthesized beyond the amount that was broken down and then resynthesized and some was lost from it, then you will lose muscle mass. And it's worse as far as the breakdown of muscle if you're eating too little compared to nothing at all based off of my understanding. So if you're eating just like a really scant, terrible diet of like you had some Snickers and, mm. you know, a little bit of rice or something like that, that would actually offset your body from going in to it a It depends on the of- composition of the food. Mm. If, you were, if you were fasting and you were literally taking exogenously a bunch of essential amino acids, then it's actually the opposite. So they've done studies where they did four weeks of people, it was a NASA study, people were confined to be in a bed for four weeks. And they did some where they only took placebo for four weeks and then some where they took essential amino acids in doses of, I think it was 15 grams, six times a day. And actually they had more muscle than when they started the process, the Mm. ones that took the essential amino acids and the ones that didn't, you know, they like lost all their muscle mass. And they lost a bunch of fat during that time. They lost fat too. Yeah. But they lost everything. Like, so the body ate up all the fat, like, so the, the body's eating up the fat to, to burn energy, to support your, just your, your, to breathe, to circulate blood, et cetera. Yeah. But the muscle also is breaking down because it just that inherently it goes through that muscle turnover process, but also it has to maintain a certain amount of the amino acids in the blood as those amino acids end up playing an enzymatic role for all different types of processes within the body. Like your blood glucose is actually managed by the amino acids that are circulating in your blood. Mm. So it's breaking that down and it's trying to maintain that amount within the blood. And if you're not fueling it with more amino acids, then it's just, it's just continually breaking down. Mm. So yeah, it could be worse eating a bunch, like a little bit of really crappy food versus eating no food at all. But it really comes down to what is the composition of the food Mm. itself. Yeah. Yeah. And specifically on the aspect of the muscle protein turnover if you were eating if you were eating food that's really junky and literally has no amino acid content no protein in it then i don't i don't i don't know that you would actually lose more muscle mass i think it would be i think it would be pretty constant i heard there was i don't uh, remember what it was but there was there was research with with this and it was but they were on a caloric deficit mm-hmm. and i don't want to say it I'll, I'll have to look it up and we can talk about it afterwards but the, but the, there was a big issue with the study because what they were eating was like you know i think it was kind of based around it was like partial fasting they were eating a very small amount of food and it wasn't very good food it was very like carb rich kind of like so so uh-huh. and during the time frame of the study the subjects just their health just plummeted and then in other places you can see people go on extended fasts and it actually goes the inverse direction where mm-hmm. suddenly they're like breaking down tissues that could have potentially led to, you know, some type of cancerous mutation or you know, like the longest fast is I think 358 days or mm-hmm. so or somewhere in that ballpark. The guy started off as being, he was like mid 300s by the end of it. He was like a buck 80 kind of making up some of those numbers, but it was like yeah. big fat guy to like perfectly healthy fit guy, no stretch marks. And he was just on water during that, the entirety of that time. And so I apologize for even bringing up the, the, the one little piece of research. I don't remember how to describe it exactly, but the part that stands out with it is the subjects. They were going on this extended kind of like low calorie, just caloric deficit and their health just plummeted during that time frame. And so it seemed, but what they weren't doing is they weren't getting adequate essential amino acids. And, you know, so it's, I, I wonder if people are going on a fast, would you recommend, like, I know like bone broth fast mm-hmm. or kind of a popular And, and you get essential thing. amino acids from it and that's why it's it can be really good for you do you do you have any uh, i don't know what your level of awareness around like fasting and and and, and such is so you feel free to just like you know really 
no I fasted speed. a bunch in my life. All yeah. like so many different forms and types. Do you have a recommendation <laughs> if a person does want to explore fasting? And then I, I think the conversation also splits from men and women and, you know, uh-huh. where a person is in their life and, you know, et cetera. There's a lot of variables in, in questions like that. But do you think water fast? Do you think the master cleanse, put, uh-huh. throw maple syrup in there and cayenne pepper and lemon juice? Do you think? I think it all depends on what you, amino acids? I think it all depends on what your goals are. Yeah. Because I do think there's different goals for fasting. So like my experience of fasting originated less out of a physical health perspective and more out of like a spiritual health perspective when I was 16, 17 sure. and going on these extended fasts. And I got exposed to the master cleanser. Like that was the first fast I did. I don't know when I was 16. It does something different to you fasting. Uh-huh. You think it's a nutritional thing and then you get into it and you're like, oh my God, I base my whole life since I was a little boy or girl around these like staple moments of, okay, uh-huh. it's, it's mealtime. You, you think sit. you have to eat. You think right. you need you these You get the whole leptin ghrelin like, fluctuation yeah. thing. You're like, I'm going to die. <gasps> and then in 22 minutes, you're like, I feel better than ever. You know, with, yeah. with no food. It's like, what? Like you, it's, it's an interesting opportunity to kind of question a lot of things. In this case, just like, what is hunger? You know, but I think it, it kind of bleeds into other aspects of your life. So I think if, if ultimately your goal is just like a psychological, spiritual journey and you don't, you don't have any specific health concerns, you're not trying to maintain muscle mass or you're not trying to lose weight or you're like, you're not trying to renew the health of your cells and there's a longevity goal with it. It's like, whatever whatever is going to like challenge you and make yeah. you stand fast. on some nail boards. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's Drink like some lemon juice. Whatever's going to challenge you. I think yeah. if your goal is around like longevity, I think there's two main perspectives on it. One would be that the most important thing for longevity is to build and maintain lean muscle mass as you age. Yeah. Because muscle, like I was like, briefly described earlier and we should get back to the bcas because i feel like we're like we lost but we'll, we'll come back we'll, we'll swing back, back to it we'll swing back I to promise. it is your muscle basically is the reserves of amino acids for your body and so when you don't get dietary protein it releases those amino acids into your body to perform all these important functions within your body and as you age it becomes that much more difficult to build and maintain and to digest protein and to build and maintain muscle and so going into your old age with muscle is very important for longevity and it's, it's important for cardiovascular health. It's important for, and then even just really obvious things like falls, you know, it's like, it's, and, and be able to maintain a lot of high activity levels. Cause if you can't be active when you're older and muscle is the thing that allows you to pick things up and walk and move and stand up, it can dramatically increase, um, end of life results. So I think muscle is really important for that. Now there's a whole nether world that is much more about cellular health and autophagy, et cetera. And people fast in those cases, basically for the cell renewal process. And if if that's your focus, then you should not consume anything but water. Hmm. You could consume caffeine. I mean, you could consume coffee or something, but it should basically be water and it should be like three to seven days. If your goal on the other hand is a combination of spiritual, but it's also a kind of a combination of just like clearing out your system, like getting away from all the foods you're eating. Like a, I'm hesitant to say the word detox because I don't have like all the scientific literature on actually what Dude, you detox. Dude, I love the word detox. Okay. <laughs> it's one of my favorite words. Okay. <laughs> I'm saying if it in a softer way with you then. Like, you if know. you're like a new age person, you're doing anything that you have no idea what you're doing and some effed up shit happens. You're like, oh, I'm just having a detox. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you, roll, you roll your ankles like detox. Detox. Ligaments are getting a little loose. <laughs> a little detox. <laughs> Ligament <laughs> laxity. <laughs> so if you're trying to if you're trying to detox, then I think a water fast with some kind of like you know, if you can if you can detox from caffeine, I think that's really helpful too. Cause mm. it like gives your it gives your your brain a break from basically blocking the the uh 
the receptors that, that make you feel tired. Yeah. Is it adenosine? Adenosine. Yeah, that's adenosine. Yep. So it's like makes you, it blocks you from realizing that you're tired temporarily, mm-hmm. essentially. Yep. It doesn't provide you energy. It's not like you're eating a steak. It does not provide you energy and it basically blocks, it blocks the adenosine receptors. That's interesting. Yeah. So it almost like numbs you in a way. It numbs you to your awareness mm-hmm. of the fact that you're really effing tired. It probably does some other stuff too. I'm trying to show it's a, like a vast over. over yeah, I think I think it has more functions than just that. Than but just it's a that. primary. That's the primary. The primary role that that's that generates the idea of mental energy. Yeah. So all that said, if you're trying to fast and you want to detox, let's say you do want to do it for body composition, then I would strongly recommend that you supplement either with some form of protein powder or you supplement with essential amino acids. I mean, essential amino acids would be the the kind of the lowest calorie. The lowest, lowest calorie impact. and the lowest, the highest impact for the the least amount of something that you're ingesting and mm-hmm. real no like digestive process. Your body doesn't like digest it. It just absorbs the free form amino acids and then stimulates muscle protein synthesis. And so by doing that, you would be able to not only maintain muscle mass while you fast, but you could actually, you could actually grow muscle while fasting. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. So that's, and, and you, there's one specific study where that was, that was the case. They lost I mean, there's a lot, honestly, there's a, there's a lot of studies on this, but there was one specifically for NASA because they were trying to understand how to, because it's, I mean, I think it's somewhat known that like when you go into outer space, there's basically like no resistance, right? And so the resistance is actually what supports in the muscle protein turnover, like more synthesis of new muscle. And when there's nothing or when you're just bedridden, then you can lose tons of muscle mass really, really quickly. So they were trying to do studies around like, how could we do dietary supplementation for this really how could we do dietary supplementation for this and so the specific study they did was using essential amino acids in these what are somewhat higher doses i mean i take doses of that amount as as like other people but taking those throughout the day i don't take that many doses of it and yeah they actually grew muscle over the period of the four weeks they had a net muscle increase so we'll we still have a bookmark on the on the branch chain amino acids. We can finish that. Yeah, but, but it's all the, related to this too. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. we're still we're still we're still on the <laughs> you're branch. In it. We're yeah, still we're, in the we're branch. In it. We're in the we're in the branches. <laughs> we're in the, branch. yeah, we're we're in the, the branches. branches. Yeah. We just got way out on like yeah. one branch. Yeah, we're on a limb. We're on a limb. <laughs> Growing accustomed to go, going out on a limb on here. So you mentioned neurotransmitters, and I think a common well, I don't know, maybe it's not that common, but something that my very limited understanding of these things is protein kind of tends to lends itself to you know higher cognitive function, clarity, energy. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought that, that was associated to the catalyzation of dopamine. But then there's the tryptophan serotonin mm-hmm. conversation. My very limited understanding is I kind of felt like carbs catalyze serotonin, feel good, you know, content, Netflix chill vibe. And proteins catalyze more like dopaminergic, get her done, reward system. I'm sure that's probably just not even you know, close to accurate, but mm. is there any kind of way to curtail our macros into the way that we feel in that way from a neurochemical perspective? Yeah, it's just from protein though. So the precursors of all, whether it's dopamine or serotonin or norepinephrine, they all come from really, yeah, from protein. Yeah, there's no neurochemical they conversation around carbs. I thought carbs. There, there is a neurochemical conversation around carbs, but that's a really interesting one that I also feel like has been kind of strangely oversimplified because the primary energy source of the brain is glucose. Mm. 
the brain actually has its own unique glycogen stores. And we believe that the primary, one of the primary reasons there's, there's seems like there's two, like one is for memory consolidation, but one of the primary reasons for sleep is actually to replenish those glycogen stores. And it's actually when those glycogen stores, when you start processing so much ATP, they release more adenosine and that's what makes you then sleepy. Mm. So it's actually the process of ATP production from the glycine stores uh, in your glial cells that create the sleepiness so there's a lot to talk about there but i feel like we're gonna i think we're gonna go way off into like more like neurotransmitter regulation yeah. and, and other, <laughs> other aspects of that it's, it's happening, happening. There, there we are we're, there. we're off we're off <laughs> on the branch well here i'll bring it back to bcaa's because this is a very interesting one um so some of these some of these essential amino acids co- basically compete for the same pathways and surprisingly leucine and tryptophan compete for the same pathway and so one of the reasons, and leucine is one of the branch chain amino acids, one of the reasons why, and this is more of a hypothesis, we have like mechanistic studies where we don't have really clear human studies, is that basically when you exercise, you oxidize leucine in the blood three times more than normal. Mm. And so thus the leucine in the blood is becoming very depleted. And then tryptophan is becoming more populous in the blood as a proportion of like how much amino acid there is in the blood. And then it's going into the brain and it's generating more serotonin. And that's why you start to get like sleepy and have kind of mental fatigue and longer endurance activities. Mm. And so one of the reasons why people have historically taken brain chain amino acids, not just for like people have thought they do it for strength gains, which we'll get to. It's like it's a bad idea. It does not lead to strength gains is that it could potentially support endurance exercise and and ultimately like prohibit mental fatigue because when you're you're basically oxidizing way more leucine and then the tryptophan is getting into the brain so all these different basically the amount of the amino acid that's in the blood directly impact can have direct impacts on neurotransmitter function and then like what feelings you you have share something that has been massively supportive for my training over the years and that is drinking beet juice red beet juice particularly uh it's very supportive for cardiovascular health circulation vascularity if that's something that you care about libido circulation for your muscles is also circulation for everywhere else and uh, i drink this stuff regularly i'm a fan i drink particularly the red juice from organifi if you guys want to start adding a little more enhanced circulation into your existence i recommend trying this stuff they also have a whole plethora of high quality ingredients including cordyceps mushrooms rhodiola siberian ginseng it's really good stuff it tastes freaking delicious i mix it up with a little ice i make like a little lemonade type beverage and makes you feel real good great for energy and like i said great for circulation great for vascularity great for the pump so if you want to try this for yourself you can jump over to organifi.com slash align that's o-r-g-a-n-i-f-i dot com slash align and you can soup up your circulation and enjoy the effects of a better pump really it's a it's a very valuable thing to have blood perfusion into your muscles it's a very big deal that's it that's all organifi.com slash align 20 percent off enjoy I also want to share something that has been invaluable to my sleep. That is magnesium from Mag Breakthrough. What I love about this stuff is it contains all seven different forms of magnesium. Magnesium is one of those things that we just need to supplement in modern culture. Kind of sadly, I would say, because it's largely devoid or deficient in our soil. So a lot of the food that you would typically get adequate magnesium from, it just doesn't have enough. 
So I take magnesium as a supplement and it's helpful with sleep. It's helpful with muscular repair, restoration, general healing of your nervous system, tonicity, and I really love the stuff. I think you guys are going to dig it. You can get yourself a sweet discount by going to magbreakthrough.com slash align podcast. That's M-A-G-B-R-E-A-K-T-H-R-O-U-G-H.com forward slash line podcast. 15% off of your purchase. If you do not love this, if it does not improve your sleep, does not make you feel like a better person, then get your money back. 100% money back guarantee. Magbreakthrough.com forward slash align podcast. Going on a completely different limb. Let's do it. Like a whole new trunk, essentially. Yeah. We're like just a, a little root. breather. We went, under, we went under the street. Yeah. Just like a breather from like the textbook. <laughs> you have a very interesting background. And one of the things it's like, what got you to the point of being so interested in this in the first place? And I'd love to hear about, you got like stabbed or something at some point. Uh -huh. And there's like some rehabilitatory scenarios for you. Like what? Yeah. Who are you? Who, <laughs> who, who am I? Who am I? Um, <laughs> Your mind is clearly robust. <laughs> like, why does one become so interested in these things? Yeah. I like to think of my life as like a upward spiral, mm. you know, just yeah. like circling around. I kind of find myself in the same places, but I'm slowly climbing. Yeah. And I started in a, I was born into a very alternative health centric family, a family that my dad had been in the supplement business in the 70s. They had a natural health food store in Wimberley. So I was Wimberley, born right Texas. Out. Wimberley, Texas. We're I was here in Austin. Right, right here now. in Austin. They had a little Neighbors. natural health food store. Yeah. And Wimberley's nice. Yeah. It's a sweet place. It's, it's a really cute little sweet place. Yeah. yeah. How far away is Wimberley from Austin? 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Cute. Yeah. Yeah. There are not a lot of sites in Texas. They're all like, it's yeah. like Wimberley. Like that's a place you go <laughs> yeah. in Austin. Yeah. You go to Wimberley. <laughs> but the Blanco River, it's very, it's a wonderful place oh, to yeah. swim there yeah, yeah. That's, that's, have you been have you been to the blue hole there i don't know oh that's wonderful it's really sweet yeah i've been uh, by the blue hole in belize uh-huh you ever been down there no i'm one-upping your blue hole that's what that is that's what i've doing. never been to belize <laughs> i've been like right next to it i've been to like whatever that that livingston guatemala it's interesting it's there. like a melting pot of all these different cultures from around the world uh -huh. in this one tiny little central america central american country it's a very fascinating place i gotta uh, go sometime yeah, it's, it's, I feel like it's, it's like super scuba. I'm not that into. I like. I yeah, thought I'd like scuba, scuba, and guy. I like wasn't. I realized a lot of gear. I wasn't as into it as I thought I would be. Yeah, mm -hmm. scuba's good for like an old person. Mm -hmm. I love scuba. I'm a. I'm a. <laughs> You're mas an old I'm, a, I'm a master <laughs> diver, technically speaking. Oh, I, haven't wow. I haven't dove that much, but I, you know, did the certifications as I went. Yeah. It's it's interesting. More trunks. We'll come back to you. This is about me right <laughs> now. It's a, scuba is a fascinating experience because. It teaches a person how to be deeply relaxed in a way mm. that most things don't because, mm -hmm. you know, one, you're like floating. And the way that you navigate, like every Eastern esoteric philosophy or movement practice or, you know, and a lot of the modern stuff as well comes back to, you know, the breath being like the king of the nervous system. You know, or it's, it's like if you can come, it's the bridge between the conscious and the unconscious. There's all these different iterations of how the breath is really freaking important. Yeah. With scuba diving, it's kind of like, like neurofeedback in a way, except it's, you know, your breath controlling your up, your elevation. So if you want to, you take a breath in, if you want to go up, you don't come up with your legs or do a squat or something of the sort. You, you breathe to come up. Oh, uh -huh. yeah. It's oh, almost oh, like a, a little video game. A little too high. Oh, a little, uh -huh. uh -huh. oh. uh -huh. It's very interesting to have that opportunity. So for, for that, for that sake, I think it's, you know, it's good for everybody. But then within that, like the whole point is like, do as little as possible. Uh -huh. So if you're like a young testosteronic 
you know. I yeah, I went. I must have been twenty one or twenty two or something. I was just like, yeah, you want to swing some kettlebells, drink <laughs> yeah. some drink some beers or something. Yeah, you know, you I just wanted go. like the next thing. Yeah, go climb up a waterfall and jump off it or something. That's, I feel you. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you got stabbed. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So I got. So I was raised in that family, and. So, I mean, I just was raised, like, the supplement I most remember as a child was aminos. Like, mm. my mom giving me aminos when I was two or three and be like, Angie, can you feel it? Don't you, like, love these? Like, wow. I mean, so I've been on, I've been placebo. on it forever. Yeah. yeah. Placebo and science <laughs> all wrapped up yeah. into one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, emotional and emotional, psychological and empirical, physical. They, oh, can, yeah. happen, they can happen at the same time. I think they typically yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah, we try to differentiate, but I don't think that's the case. Yeah, so I grew up in that, and I grew up in a situation in which my parents were into fitness, and they were really into health and nutrition. So it's like, but I was, it was like in it, you know. It's like if you grew up in a religious family, and it's like that's just what everyone believes and what you think. So I didn't, but I had perspective on it, and I knew the I was weird compared to like the other kids. Like I grew yeah. up in suburbs outside. We ended up moving outside Austin, mm. so I grew up in suburbs, and I mean, I knew I was like not not the other kids but I, it was just kind of like my thing and then i was always one to have to learn my own lessons mm. and i like not really learn from others so i got really into drugs and partying and nice i was a musician and like super into just like the experience and when i was 16 um here in austin i took way too much acid mm. and i had a I guess now they would say like an ego death and call it like a yeah. plant medicine or something. I basically got like my shit handed to me Yeah, and um, I've never been in a fight. I, prov- I like kind of provoked this fight with these guys who are a lot more hardcore than me and they, uh, they stabbed me twice in the back Wow! and they stabbed me in the knee Wow! and they just beat the shit out of me Wow! and left me in the parking lot. So wow. did you uh, ever find them? No. Well, well I didn't. <laughs> so I was in an apartment complex not too far from here. Wow. Uh, I was in an apartment complex and I was on their property. So like, it wasn't like hard to like find them. Like I was originally in trouble. Like I was mm. the crazy guy on acid that Whoa. provoked this fight. Oh, you were the crazy guy. I mean, kid, what I was a crazy kid. I was a crazy kid. I was trying to get help. I was like scared and I was trying to get help. And I think wow. they were like drug dealers and oh. just more hardcore. You're barking like, up the wrong tree. Yeah. And it was like, I mean, this was... 22 years ago i mean austin's changed a lot in 22 years it was still like people are like in austin that happened i was like yeah i mean people were like you know i was not in the best neighborhood and mm. i wasn't i was kind of acting crazy yeah. like don't act fucking crazy don't do that don't act crazy here nope. and so yeah i mean i woke up i woke up handcuffed to my bed a week later in the hospital and just like black and blue and couldn't move Wow. and you know from that i i'd say that kicked off me and my own personal development path my was own health pu- path. was there lung punctures any organs no my issues? spleen was barely nicked but yeah i have like a huge abdominal scar here like they had to cut me open because they thought i was like dying and they had to wow. they had to reattach my patella tendon to my knee holy shoot yeah talk about bad trip yeah it was a yeah that's a and bad dude, it was trip. it was already a bad trip that's a- <laughs> it was already it was already a really bad trip yeah so yeah. people are like i don't know wow. bad trips and ego deaths i'm like why do you think you had such a bad trip i think i that's a really good question. I think I took a lot. Mm. Like I took a lot of a very strong acid. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I'm, I really, I mean, I took like so much because I've taken other, I've taken other stuff since then. I mean, I've done ayahuasca and stuff and that was like the most intense, like mm-hmm. mind, mind melting thing ever. I think also like the state of my mind and where I was developmentally and what I was trying to figure out in my life. Like, I think it was just, I was very vulnerable and it was like one of those things where I wasn't, we were talking earlier like about dose. I think it goes to the dose of things. And psychedelics offer a dose of time 
And I was like a kid that got a really, 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 really big dose of time, you know, mm. all at once. What does that mean, dose of time? Like experience, just time and experience. It's like when you go through one, like when you're, and you have a psychedelic experience and you're kind of like, oh, do I want to open this door? You know, am I going to open this door or whatever? And like you open it and you start working through it. Like it, it can speed things up. You can process all these things and be exposed to all these parts of yourself and feelings and like, you know, like in a normal experience, the degree to which you actively dream at night, the degree to which you engage and dialogue like really thoughtfully with people during the day, you go to therapy, you like try to process things consciously. It's kind of like tied more to like normal time. I mean, dreams is like your best shot at like not normal time, but otherwise it's like, well, how much shit can you uncover in a conversation with your therapist in one hour? Like yeah. that's how much it is. And in that level of a dose of acid, it's just all the therapy all at once, you know, just like yeah. shaking out Angelo to the ground. And so I don't know, man, I, call, I called it. I don't what know. was your set and setting going into that when, before it, it kind of veered into like bad in um, I mean, the context of me as a person then was I was really into social interaction. I was really into music. I was with the guy I was playing music with who was like a friend. I was a talented younger musician playing with older musicians. Like I just one of those it was like my that was my gift at that time was mm. playing drums and so i think i felt excited and it was cool and i was gonna hang out with older people and i was like doing drugs and it was like it was exciting very exciting and then i was like i'm like way and then i went into like i'm way in over my head you know i'm like a i'm a kid that opened 30 years of time at once not like drinking <laughs> 30 years of time yeah and just melting yeah what an interesting moment to like realize that you're a kid kind of pretending to be something else uh-huh you know it's like anytime you and get... i don't know that i knew that then it's like i reflect i reflect on it now i mean i think even after that then i was trying to like hold myself together and figure things out after that mm -hmm. but, but it was like, humbling you've probably had experiences like maybe i don't know if you've gotten lost in the mountains or something or been ocean and you know s some set wave comes and you think you're gonna die or <laughs> you had like where yeah. like nature gets real big real fast mm -hmm. and you're like oh man yeah i'm just a little pile of shit here like yeah. this nature gives no fucks you know, that like, was that, the experience it was that, it was that humbling it was that yeah whoa dude you which think is kind of the complete the complete inverse of most of our indiv individualistic experiences as modern people it's like we're so inflated with our experience itself yeah. not that it's bad or good it's just just kind of the you know the, the direction that we're in right now and so the opposite of that can be terrifying I mean, that's kind of the, uh, the blessing and the curse of science. I mean, the whole, I think the entire enlightenment and technological revolution, basically, it, empiricism as a whole is empty of any meaning other than power. It gives us power. Mm. All of this science, everything that we can figure out, we're talking about technology or earlier. Illusion of power or one specific well, okay. I mean, you're able to like, category of power. Yeah, category of power. I mean, it gives you uh, power defined as the ability to change a result for something. So it's like, let's measure what happens when we do this and then see if that happens. And then yeah. like, oh, this is what happens. Okay, now we're going to do it this way. And so we keep reorganizing all the material, you know, all the materials yeah. <laughs> to get these results that we want to like, and then we feel powerful and we've got all this. And at the whole, and the whole thing though, it's like, we're not, but like, we're well, going to die. Get, well, then you get, <laughs> we're not right. Okay. Well, so you get into like the intrinsic experience. A lot of that is, is manipulating extrinsic variables, you know, so. It's entirely it was manipulating there, extrinsic. Now it's there, like, ha ha, gratification, yeah. you know. But then the internal experience, that could be anything, you know. It could yeah. be just like this ongoing insatiable void that you're attempting to fill with a new 
fill in the blank material thing that you moved into your possession. But behind that, there, I feel like there's, there's um, a bit of a, a limitation in our education around how to operate the internal experience. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's very little. There's very little Not a lot. support. <laughs> there's very little support. That said, I mean, there's more than there used to be. Yeah. You know, when you think about it, but I think we're in a, we're in a, tra- we're still in the transitional phase. You know, I mean, I think historically after that, I got into a health journey. I ended up going to school for religion. So I studied religious oh, studies cool. in college, like historical oh, the history of religions and philosophy. And when, when, so when I have this perspective now on kind of what we're talking about, I mean, I see in many ways that narrative and religious community served to educate us about these internal dynamics and these things that we were dealing with, like right through, through, through story and through historical figures and through practices and sacraments. And then we had this whole scientific revolution that was like, no, it's all empirical, da, 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 you know? And then, and then in the late 19th century and early 20th century, this whole psychological revolution, um, with more contemporary philosophers like Nietzsche, et cetera, but like Freud and Young and, 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 uh, and, and America, like, I think even like, Dewey and James, like really thinking about what it actually means to be human and like all of the psychological components of it and like trying to figure it out. And so it's like, it is there and there's all these, I just, I'm thinking about it too, because I just saw a post that you had made about mm. you, some therapy mm-hmm. thing, like frame or something like that. Yeah, and it's like, people didn't used to have that kind of support, like being able to actually get therapeutic support and interpret what we're feeling and talk about those things. There is that, but I think probably the greatest issue is that the institutionalization of religion and the things that it did, and then it's like it's not as much there for people, or people aren't as interested in it as they used to be. Oh yeah, and then new PR. Yeah, and then there's like there are these other things that could support us, but people are it's not cooked in anywhere. It's not anywhere for kids. I mean, they have like social emotional learning stuff for kids, but basically you just teach them to like get through school and learn a bunch of reading and writing and. Yeah. empirical skills and then it's like and then when you get it when you're older like i don't know figure it out like did you ever see the sesame street <laughs> documentary i watched no. it on a plane uh-uh. i watched it on a plane recently in, in that there was an older fella on the show that uh, died during the show and his, his character was the older fella mm. and in that time they had to you know like the actual sad. actor died actual actor died uh-huh. yeah and so they were kind of like sorting out like how to address this and like does he just disappear somehow does he you know like how like what do we do mm-hmm. and what the genius of sesame street was it was really one it was like a cultural phenomenon it was kind of informing the you know at least the united states probably i don't know if it was televised outside the united states actually but it was informing culture of like who we are and what we do and you know adding black people or mexican people or spanish people and all that was kind of like informing people's Mm -hmm. internal zeitgeist of like what culture is which is interesting and then within that the way that they addressed the death was they addressed as though he actually died and it was this whole thing because you know, Big Bird was kind of this like aloof. He's essentially acting as like the child. So he's not just stupid. Uh-huh. He's a child learning. So he's actually very uh-huh. like smart and open and empathetic and all that stuff. He's just learning. And it was an interesting thing of like this experience of this is death. And Big Bird didn't understand it. It was like, mm. is it, so is he coming back? It's like, no, Big Bird, he's not coming back. And it's this, it's, I, I feel the reason I'm saying that is I think that we have an undereducation of a lot of really relevant things in our lives. One of which is, is death. Yeah. The intrinsic, you know, your internal experience, an, another part of that, you know, birth, sex. You know, there's a lot of these things. It's just kind of like, oh, do the, do, you'll just figure it out at some point. And then life happens. Yeah. You're like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know how to process this. Yeah. 
<laughs> totally. And you you get the basic kind of like empirical scientific information. This is what happens. Right. This is what happens. But even, it's out if here. even that. But it's like, what about what does it like mean yeah. for my life? Like, how do I live with this? Or yeah, how does this stem back? So we'll feed back to the original truck. How does this stem back to nutrition? We kind of mentioned, you know, uh-huh. placebo, and then there's no placebo, and you know the biopsychosocial model of our existence you know it's all i think it's all intertwined whether we realize it or not uh, does any of this these concepts of religion and philosophy and you know sense of self and just these you know intrinsic stories do you think that relates to nutrition and, or, I, so that could go different yeah. roads one i guess that would relate of like choice of nutrition and taking care of the planet and sourcing and all that stuff i'm more specifically i think interested in does our thoughts about what we eat affect the actual outcome of how it affects our cells? I know that's a big question. I think so. I'm not sure in the way that you're asking, but yeah. I think so. And I think it's actually really similar to what we're just talking about. I think that there's a lot of information. We can go on and on about amino acids and proteins and BCAAs. And you can have all this information. And then the end, it's like, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, or we can go on and on talking about, well, this is what happens when you get born, or this is how death works, or whatever. But it's like, when we're done recording this podcast, how are Aaron and Angelo going to move on with their life and talk to people and live and make decisions, et cetera? And it's the same thing. Like, what are we going to do for dinner? Mm. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, where are we going to go for dinner? Are we going to, did we already do some form of exercise today? If not, are we going to? Like, I think that that's where it comes, that's where it kind of comes back to. And that fundamentally so much of what is most important in nutrition and in fitness and in health is, I don't, I don't mean to sound cliche, but it really does come down to like mindset and to adherence. Like, is there, is there, because we can talk about all this stuff, but is there actually something that you will adhere to? Not because you have to, because you must, but because you believe in it. It works in your life. It feels okay. It's not too much of a compromise. It makes you feel better. It's like, what are the exercises you actually will do every day? Yeah. What are the things you are willing to eat every day rather than trying to have some kind of perfect scientific, perfect nutrition approach to it? It's yeah. like, how are people actually going to like live? And we, we don't talk much about that. We talk a lot more about well, there's an interesting, <laughs> the there, science. There's an interesting thing because it, it's, it's, you know, everything's a two-way street. So what we eat informs the way that we think and the way that we feel mm-hmm. and the decisions that we make. And the way that we think and the way that we feel and the decisions we make informs what we choose to eat. Yeah. So if you're wildly deficient in said thing, you know, whatever it is, maybe, you know, obvious, well, different cult, different dietary dogmas would be diff- deficient, different things. That's going to impact the way that you show up, you know, totally. and, and so coming back down, like back to earth, brass tacks, you know, science, what's the baseline from a, at least a, a, a protein perspective? What, what are the numbers of what people need? Is it like one gram per pound of lean body mass? Uh-huh. You know, like what's yeah. like where do like where do we go with it? How do we hold it? I'm gonna answer that question by bridging the BCAA thing back to it because I think it's actually really important. Cool. But I'm gonna answer that question about how much protein you really need. Right. So circling all the way back to these BCAAs, there's three of them. Didn't think we'd come back. But Didn't we're think here. we'd come, but we're, we're here. here. We're here. See? Yeah. yeah. We had left breadcrumb. No, oh, we had yeah. left we had left no, we were pieces off. of chicken. We were off the farm. <laughs> we were gone. We're back. We're back. <laughs> There are these three, and one of them is leucine. I'm going to quickly simplify. And that one is the one that stimulates muscle protein synthesis. If you have enough of it in the food that you're consuming, it will actually tell your body to start creating new muscle. And you have to have a certain amount of it in food. 
And so then once it kind of kicks off that process, the other two branched-chain amino acids support the initiation of the process. The thing is you must have the other six amino acids, the essential ones, to actually build the muscle. Otherwise, it's like you got the the GC showed up, the general contractor showed up to like get everybody to start building, you know, and that's mm-hmm. leucine. It's like, hey, all right, right, let's do it. And like, and then like six of the workers aren't there. Well, you're not right. building a house that day. COVID. <laughs> yeah, there you They're go. They're getting paid. That's why they all stayed home. They're still yeah. getting paid. They're just playing video games. <laughs> No big deal. Don't worry about the economy. We're fine. It's all good. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so basically, branched-chain amino acids taken in isolation, simple answer, simple thing is bad. Don't do it. Mm. And still lots of people in fitness do it. And if you just, I mean, it's there's a lot of research out there now. If you look at it, not only does it not stimulate muscle protein synthesis because you don't have the, not, not only does it not actually generate new muscle, because you don't have the other six amino acids in your food that you digested at the same time or in the supplement, mm. it pulls those amino acids from your muscle and it actually becomes catabolic. It breaks down your muscle. So interesting. So it's negative. It's like bad. Like don't take BCAAs. It's like distilled water. Yeah. You're drinking distilled water. Go. It'll pull minerals and, uh-huh. exactly. you know, out of yep. your bones. So our body's so cool that way. Like body's smart. It knows. To, to just, to just to navigate regulate. homeostasis all the time. Totally. It wants so to self-regulate. It wants to like... So that kind of goes back to like, I mean, I think spiritual stuff, spiritual stuff and the whole thing of like intuitive eating and like really feeling into yourself. I mean, it's dangerous because we have all these impulses and have all these, you know, other things that may lead us astray, but like our body is, it seeks to self-regulate. You got to be able to hear it though. Yeah. You have to like, like, and that's where we're like, oh boy, you know, here's the new age bullshit. No, you need this, you need this, like, Like, see, and then boom. Dang. (laughs) It's true. And then I'm like, I want protein. Yeah. yeah. Well, you need the protein to get you to the, the place to be able to like sit with yourself. You know, it's the baseline. So how much protein do you need? So yeah. you need protein. And so it's not just any protein. You need protein that has all of the nine essential amino acids every day. And ideally, there's a lot of, I'm, I'm trying to summarize papers really quickly. Like the minimal, the minimum that you need and this is all if you're like very not if you're young let's say you're 20 and you're super not muscular and you have no interest in getting muscular the minimum that you need is about 0.5 grams per pound of body weight mm. if you actually want to be like stronger more vibrant like just more active and especially if you're more active you should be consuming anywhere from 0.75 grams of protein to 1 gram of protein per pound of body weight and that will enable you to either to build new muscle or if you're really active to sustain the muscle that you have because the muscle that you have does require being replenished with essential amino acids. What is it interesting a, an, an amino acid? I've heard you talking about this before so I might be scrambling the way that you yeah, said go it. For it. But essential amino acids or amino acids to protein. I think uh-huh. you said something along like it, like an amino acid isn't a protein it's like a pro- something along those lines. Am I blurring up Yeah, so so here, so uh Protein, yeah. as we eat it in food, because right. there's different things that are proteins that it, it kind of becomes more complex in terms of like biochemistry, but protein, like we're going to eat protein, like yeah. chicken, that chicken, the building blocks of that chicken, what it's made up of is amino acids. So those amino acids, they include the a chicken specifically includes the nine essential amino acids. It also includes some other ones. And if it includes the nine essential ones, you know that it includes the BCAAs too, because the BCAAs are three of the nine essential. So chicken protein includes these amino acids. But here's a really interesting kind of point, and it gets to the heart of it. If you take collagen protein, 
which is a kind of very specialized specific protein. It's actually the collagen oftentimes from another animal, right? That protein does not have all the nine essential amino acids. Mm. Collagen protein lacks tryptophan, and thus it will not be able to stimulate muscle protein synthesis and sustain it. It also is low in leucine, and you need that leucine to be able to actually stimulate the process. You need it to be the, the general contractor. It gets everyone acting, and then you need all the workers to kind of support it. Right. What collagen does have is it has a lot of hydroxyproline and proline and glycine, which are especially good for skin, hair, nails. Now, your body, if you, if you didn't eat collagen and instead you just ate chicken, your body could convert those essential amino acids to hydroxyproline, proline, glycine so that you could have joint health and skin and hair, et cetera. One of the things that happens though, as we age, is that our body becomes less skilled at converting some of those essential amino acids into those other non-essential ones that are in collagen. Hmm. And thus, if you supplement in a, a, addition to your diet, so you're 50 years old, and in addition to your normal protein diet, you supplement with this collagen protein, it will have a more immediate impact on skin, hair, nails. But it's not a complete protein. It will not support your body in its kind of core. Like you don't want to replace whole food, um, like whole meat food yeah. or with, with collagen protein. It's, you'll be deficient and you will not actually be able to build muscle with it. So two things. One, is yeah. there some like you're familiar with the term the entourage effect in, in nutrition like it's like eating a supplement compared to actually eating the food yeah there's some kind mm -hmm. of special beautiful orchestral mm -hmm. chemistry that happens as opposed as yeah. a part of eating the food it's yeah. the fiber it's the other it's like uh -huh. the whole thing this is a good one this is a really good question that for your amino body, acids your body's like oh yeah like i get that mm -hmm. is there a conversation like a, a bit of that in the conversation of taking amino acids specific as opposed to just eating a, a, you know, a steak or a soybean? Yeah. So if you are trying to get in this ideal amount of daily protein intake, and let's just say you're a 200 pound guy and you're going to go for the 0.75 grams of protein per day, that would mean that you need to get about 150 grams of protein a day. The way that the muscle protein synthesis process works in your body is that up to a certain amount of protein, your body actually uses it to rebuild your muscle and to rebuild the proteins in your body. And after a certain point, it can't use the excess. And instead, it actually it ends up converting it into other things, being glucose, et cetera, right. to use as fuel. Yep. So there's, there's certain amounts and doses of protein that you should eat at once. And so if, if you're basically trying to consume about 150 grams of protein a day, you probably want to be eating about 30 gram protein doses. So if you eat three of those in a day, you're up to like 90 grams of protein, right? If you're trying to eat like another three of those, it means you have to eat like six times throughout the day. Thus, why bodybuilders eat chicken like every three hours, like right. throughout the whole day, which is just, it's, it's just not that practical. It's taxing. It's taxing. You're always yeah. digesting things. It's, it's kind terrible. of hard. So here's an interesting piece around essential amino acids. If you eat an ideally formalized essential amino acid supplement, so this is taking a dietary supplement, not the actual whole food, what has been measured both mechanistically in the lab, but then also specifically in humans as well, and actually seeing how the muscle protein synthesis takes place and also how much new muscle is developed, the essential amino acids are the thing that actually builds the new muscle. It then uses non-essential amino acids to do it. And a typical piece of meat of only about half of it is essential amino acids. Hmm. And so when you take essential amino acids, free form, not as part of food, it stimulates at least twice the amount 
twice the impact of muscle protein synthesis and new muscle development than eating a really great whole food protein would. If you are a healthy young adult, as you get older, it becomes more difficult to digest protein and break down the amino acids and to have them then develop new protein for you. In those cases, it's at least three times as much. Wow. So the efficiency gram for gram of taking essential amino acids is twice, if not three, and then sometimes like different stages of health, four or five times more impactful than actually eating whole food protein. So it's not a case where it's like, oh, if I isolate this one micronutrient and only take that one micronutrient and I don't eat it like with the other micronutrients that it normally comes with and it like has this kind of like deleterious effect on my body. All the studies over the last 30 years have shown that actually taking essential amino acids free form outside of food can have two to three times the positive impact of eating a whole food protein if they're being used to supplement a whole food protein diet. Like I wouldn't say just start eating essential amino acids, but if you're really trying to get all the protein that you want generally in a day, you could eat, you know, three meals at like 30 grams of protein. And then that last 60 grams that you're trying to get, you could basically take two doses of 15 grams of essential amino acids you're not having to digest something. You're stimulating muscle protein synthesis again. You're like, it's, I mean, it's a really great decision for long-term health and also for like immediate performance. I want to take a moment and share something that I have found to be absolutely phenomenal for downregulation, muscle repair. That is the infrared sauna blanket from Higher Dose. This thing is so rad. It is laced with amethyst and tourmaline crystals. Uh, it's projecting far infrared heat. It also has a layer of charcoal, clay, and magnets. So it's really, it's very fascinating, this thing. Uh, it's incredibly relaxing. You lay down in it, you put it over your body. Uh, if you got 20 minutes just to lay down, take a little nap, it's outstandingly relaxing and really is supportive for restoration, downregulation, healing. And you'd think it would be super expensive. It is not uh, before the 15% align discount. It is only $600. And then with the 15% off, it's less than that. So jump over to higherdose.com slash align to check this thing out. If you're not totally happy with your order, they'll send you your money back. This company cares about you being happy with your purchase. Um, I really dig these guys. I think you're going to enjoy them. So jump over to higherdose.com slash align. H-I-G-H-E-R-D-O-S-E.com slash align for 15% discount on your very own sauna blanket. Lastly, I'd like to share something that truly has been an absolute game changer for my sleep. That is Qualia's Night Formula. This stuff does something ridiculous with my dreams where it causes me to feel like I'm living a movie. The depth and the clarity of the dreams is fantastic. I'm able to fall asleep much quicker than is typical. And uh, I even sampled this with a friend just yesterday and they woke up and uh same situation their dreams were ridiculous and uh, it's very cool it's very interesting i really like this stuff it's a non-negotiable for me now if i'm traveling i bring qualia's night formula along with me because it's helpful for sleep in any location so you can get yourself a discount of 15 percent off if you want to try this stuff yourself go to neurohacker.com that's n-e-u-r-o-h-a-c-k-e-r.com use the align code at checkout for 15% off. If you are not absolutely happy with your experience, get your money back. No questions asked. I think you guys are going to dig this stuff. Jump over to neurohacker.com. Use the align code for 15% off.
So me, I weigh 220-ish pounds. Mm-hmm. I'm fairly active. I do kind of a combination of like hypertrophy-based training and, you know, just a, a lot of different type things. And you're active like training every, every day? Every day. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I would be eating 220 grams of protein mm. or the equivalent of 110 grams of essential amino acids. Mm. So what would your recommendation, what, what's, what's Angela's ideal protein recommendation for me in a day? Like f- real food, protein powders, amino acids. Let's get to like, adherence. So when do you like to eat? What do you do right now? Like how do you like to eat Two meals a day. Two meals a day, lunch and dinner? Yeah. So what I would do- And I'm do, not religious about yeah. anything, including religion. But you like, but, you like the two meals a day. And sometimes if, it, if, it's, if I'm hungry, then I eat. You know, it's, I'm not like, you know, uh-huh. it's very strict about it. But yes, on average, it's pretty much like I have a lunch and then at like a, a big hunk and dinner. I like, I like to, dinner. To, to place most calories into dinner. Yeah. And when do you train? Usually morning time before eating. Okay. I like and, to eat and, after training. Uh, and it's a lot of resistance training combination things but yeah 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 so if i were you and here's a whole nother benefit of amino acids and we didn't really get into this around like performance and sport but basically when you do resistance training or you do aerobic activity you actually like you break down muscle and you need to replenish that so ideally what i would say is before you train for the amount that you're training like this might not be for like everyone but like you're like a serious I wouldn't go that far. Fitness guy. I mean, I, mean, I train for an hour. It's not a okay. big deal. Yeah. I mean, but you train every day, every morning. Ish. I do yeah. other stuff throughout the day. Sometimes okay. I'll go paddle boarding. Sometimes I'll do, go box. I'll, it's like different. I would, take, I would take a dose of essential amino acids before you work mm-hmm. out in the morning, yep. about 30 minutes before, yep. and then again, 30 minutes after you work out. And then if you wanted to, you could take doses of Keon, you could take doses of aminos. Keon is your company. Keon's my company. Yeah. yeah. And it's, and, and it's an ideal formula. I mean, there's a couple out there, other out there that have ideal formulations. Something but. that's, something that's interesting with you guys and your supplements and the things that you create. One, it's like, I mean, I, I'm a fan, like genuinely I'm a fan, but I feel like you are creating products based off of need as opposed to creating a product and then creating a need around it. You know what I'm saying? To- I mean, we like look at, we look at like our own human need. Like yeah. what, do, what do we want? Right. What are we trying to achieve? What's actually like good for people? Yeah. And then we look through all the science and the literature and yeah. figure out like, hey, what actually like really makes sense? What's worth it? You know, what's. So, and that's, I think the thing that can happen sometimes within like the realm of advertising, consumerism and things of the sort. It's about oftentimes, okay, we have this thing. Now we need to create a story of why totally. it matters. I feel like the, the way that you, you have approached the production of food and supplements is the inverse of that, which I appreciate. And I think any you know, logical person appreciates. So thanks. Thanks, man. Thanks yeah. for recognizing <laughs> it. It, ta- it, takes like a, it takes a lot of time and energy and self-critique. Mm-hmm. Like our whole team, we have to be so thoughtful Mm-hmm. and critical and like wh- does this make sense why does this make sense how do we make this better you know it's yeah it's good mm-hmm. it makes us better it, it keeps us on an upward spiral yeah that has to be the focus it can't be like which is i think i think that's the greatest be. challenge is we're all we're all showing up every day and if you're an adult having to provide for yourself i have a family i need to provide for my family I have employees I need to like make this whole thing work yeah. and it can people can really easily switch into like, we just got to like make money to like take care of ourselves. Like people find themselves in those types of careers you yeah, know, all the time. And it starts to, it starts to, to affect that intrinsic part. You know, if you're too excessively focused on the, on the goal being power and money, yeah, you know, which is, you know, very common, you know, borderline ubiquitous, then eventually that like deeper 
intrinsic soul, mental, emotional, internal, you know, aspect, I think starts to dry up, you know, and I, and I feel like at one point in history and still for, for many people, I feel like this, you know, you guys would, would fall into this category. The, the focus comes from, I think anyone that really has longevity and success, the focus comes originally from creating quality, you know, creating meaning, creating joy, like just like Joseph Campbell following bliss. Totally. And then, oh wow! Like suddenly, people want to pay for this. Well, it has that we to created. be. It has to be in everything. It's like it can't be like you can't have a weak link. Mm. It has to be with the product. It has to be with like the marketing. It has to be with how we treat each other at work. Correct. It has to be with like which is the, I guess that's what I'm saying. Like thank you for recognizing because it, it takes a lot of our whole team. It takes a lot of attention. It's, yeah, it's it's so. It, I mean, it's so interesting. It's so beautiful. The way that the way that I'm sure you've experienced your own, and we'll get back to to you know my selfish dietary needs, <laughs> but you've I'm sure you've you've noticed shifts in yourself as you're developing the the business. Oh, it's pushed me. It's pushed me really hard. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of like a spiritual journey. Totally. And you think yeah. you gotta go to India and like go to an ashram? <laughs> yeah. You're like, okay, like I got I got my freaking Buddhist ringer thing. Yeah. You know, you, you know, just need like, relationship. Right. It's any, just, you just any, get you get any relationship that and provides you try to, reflection. Yeah, and you try to like really show up, man. It's like, man, it just holds you. It holds you to the to the mirror, to the mm. fire. Yeah, life's crazy. Uh, all right, back to yeah. So, what, what do I need to be? Yeah, served? I would take aminos before you work out and after you work out. That'll make sure that you don't have net muscle protein breakdown. It actually supports your muscles. And whether you're doing like big, heavy strength training that's really going to build mass, or you're just doing like really high rep type activity that's more going to build endurance for your muscles regardless yeah. it's helpful and then if it makes sense for you and you want to um you could add aminos before and after three like three hours between meals because basically when you have a muscle protein synthesis spike it lasts for about three hours so if you eat a lot of protein at lunch you don't want to you don't need to eat again or take protein or take any type of amino supplement for at least another three hours after that but yeah. if you a big lunch at 12 and then around 3 30 you know you have another dose of aminos and then you have dinner around 6 37 whatever time you have it and you also added the aminos before your for your workouts mm. you will not only improve like your total muscle mass, you'll maintain newer, fresher muscles because you'll be resynthesizing. And we didn't really get into this, but one of the other major benefits of amino acids is that they, they, they are directly part of supporting the development of new mitochondria mm. and of the health and the efficiency of mitochondria. And mitochondria are basically the powerhouses of the cells that, that convert glucose and fat into ATP, which is then what fuels your body. And that mechanism of having healthy mitochondria is on the kind of cellular health thing we were talking about earlier, one of the key aspects of sustaining and maintaining health over your whole life. So not only living a long time, but having a really great health span is basically your mitochondria being healthy. Mm. And so having more of them, which you can get just from exercising, but if you're going di to do a dietary supplement, amino acids are a great way to have more of them and to make them healthier. Seems like an effective approach as well at weight or, or fat loss, I should say. In particular, what is it called? Is it called the, the protein leverage hypothesis? Yes. Is that how they call that? Huh? Yeah. So essentially you're like you're And it's eating very aligned with the things we're talking about today. Yeah. So you're yeah. like you're eating to to not just satiety, but protein satiety. And when your body reaches that point where it's like, okay, cool, we've got the building mm -hmm. blocks like 
we're probably fine. Then it, it, it tells you you're not yeah. so hungry anymore. But if you're always deficient in that place, which this kind of comes into like the whole spiritual metaphoric <laughs> conversation of like the insatiable void, you just keep on getting more cars and more girls and more things, but you still feel like this yearning. I think that's like the, the protein leverage hypothesis. You just keep on reaching for more. So instead oh, got of more it. Yeah, cars, yeah. Oh, more girls, it. yes. more whatever, yes. it's more food, totally. more it's calories. More I just keep eating. Totally. Keep eating. Yeah. Keep eating. And I feel worse and worse and worse. Totally. And on, on that point as well, I don't believe it's for you, but for someone who had a fat loss goal, I would like really strongly to encourage them that if there's one thing to look at in the science thing, in the end, it's going to come to adherence. It's going to come to like choosing right. food that nourishes your body and moving and like just practicing good behaviors. Like there's no, there's no secret to it, but it does go beyond calories. Mm. It fundamentally comes down to the production of ATP, which calories are used to produce. Mm. And the more that your body has muscle protein synthesis spikes, it raises your resting metabolic rate. So you burn more calories, the more that you're generating muscle. And the more muscle that you have, the more energy your body needs. So one of the most kind of aligned ways to lose weight is to focus on developing lean muscle. It's to do resistance training. It's to make sure you're eating enough protein. Protein also like really satiates you. But in that case, like I would beyond just taking aminos before and after exercise, I would really recommend that you supplement multiple times throughout the day in between when you're not eating just to encourage more muscle development because it'll really accelerate fat loss. What do you think the roots of sarcopenia among elderly is? Do you think there could be some protein deficiency it's entire, well, it's not protein deficiency. It's what we were talking about earlier, actually, that the body's ability, so the receptiveness of leucine to stimulate mTOR, which is what then creates the muscle protein synthesis spike, goes down dramatically. And it's kind of a common theme as we age that basically our receptiveness to certain signaling molecules just becomes kind of like dampened and like not as strong. Sure. And so- um, Then you have like Jack LaLanne and Mark Sisson and certain people are just like, all right. Like it doesn't, the story that we <laughs> yeah. have doesn't, it's it doesn't not have just an to be. absolute. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, but this is another thing where it starts reinforcing itself. So this is the issue is that as you start aging, it's really starts at 40, but then it accelerates at 50 that your ability to eat dietary protein and for it to be converted into amino acids and then to stimulate muscle protein synthesis, that process becomes much much more weakened. Mm. So actually essential amino acids as a dietary supplement are that much more important for someone over 50 than for someone under 50. Mm. Like I think someone trying to optimize and be super healthy and like really be as vibrant as they can, you know, 20 to 50, like amino acids are a great supplement, but over 50, there's something that literally can keep you from losing all your muscle mass Mm. because they're one of those cases where at least three of sometimes five, seven times as effective as dietary protein because your body simply doesn't respond to protein as well to actually have the muscle protein synthesis spikes. And this is one of the kind of most sad issues is that then your body doesn't have as much muscle and then you eat food and you're also like not quite as hungry and you start eating things that aren't as protein rich and then it just turns into fat in your body and then you don't have as much muscle so your resting basal metabolic rate isn't as high so you don't burn calories as easily so that like you just start turning from muscle into fat like yeah that's just kind of the process that happens so you have to work harder by eating more protein if you can supplementing with essential amino acids and doing resistance training and like when you're 50 you got to just but i mean you look at mark sisson i mean he's been working it he didn't 
You got he, he didn't hang out from you like 50 working. to 70, you know? It's like the, yeah, it's like the deterioration of, of your bones and, or the reduction in bone density. It's like the more you can build those fuckers up while you can, like in your building phase, totally. the longer go you'll have with that slow, gradual deterioration until eventually you go back into the earth. Totally. You don't need to not die. Yeah. I think there's kind of like a sensation of like aging. It's a disease. I'm like, it's, it's fine to go vibrant. back into the earth. I just want to be vibrant when I'm in my 80s and my 90s. Yeah. You know, like I, I want to be moving. I want to be moving. I love moving. Mm. <laughs> do you think it's possible <clears throat> to, do you have to be out of here at a particular time, no, by the way? I'm I don't, don't want to mess, no. mess up your situation. No, I do no. want to eat a steak. I have like this strong <laughs> hanker for, I'll sprinkle some Keon Aminos on there. You know, it's going to be good. Final wrap up questions. Yeah. One that I think is very interesting and very confusing is the abundance of different protein camps. Uh-huh. Hemp, soy, call everyone's the best. Yeah. Everyone's the most bioavailable. Yeah. Every other one's dog shit. Yeah. And then you get isolates and then you get concentrates and you get hydrosolates or what you just like hydrosolate. There's like there's a lot. What, what, we, what do we do? What, what do we do? What do we do? <laughs> If you are open to eating meat and dairy products, then meat and dairy products offer you the most calorie efficient, complete essential amino acid profile. Mm. They're the best, they're the best proteins to eat. Mm. And thus, if you're looking at then a protein powder, a whey protein is going to have the best essential amino acid profile. Mm. A whey protein isolate will have just as good a profile. All that happens is in the isolate stage, they basically just remove even more of the carbohydrates. And the carbohydrates are actually the things that include the lactose that mm. many people are allergic to. Mm. So if you get a whey protein isolate, like a grass-fed, high-quality whey protein isolate, then you will get kind of, that's the best protein powder. Yeah. As long as your body feels okay digesting it. Some people are still sensitive. Not, not many though. It's typically like the lactose in, in a whey concentrate. That'd be the best protein powder. Again, the reason for that is because of the complete essential amino acid profile and the high amount of leucine. There are other protein powders that are mixes. I think we have never at Keon made a plant one. We haven't made a plant one yet because it's really hard to do to get an essential, a complete essential amino acid profile and to do it in such a way in which it's not full of like heavy metals and toxins and stuff like that. Because as you can imagine, if you're growing peas in the ground, Peas are actually not that dense in protein. You have to use a lot of pe- peas and extract a lot of the protein from it to get enough to turn into a protein powder. Mm-hmm. And inherently, you're getting all the metals that are like grown in the ground with it. Right. So there was, I've probably been lots of studies about that. Yeah. There's been some, I think it's like the protein label study or something, has some name like that. And it was like startling the levels of, I think it was bp like plastics like yeah. bpas and such yeah and it's like arsenic and all sorts of heavy metals and well, anytime mercury. you're concentrating something like you're taking a lot of something and then like cooking it down and concentrating it i mean yeah. you're going to get the stuff that <laughs> that comes with it right so i'm not i'm not a big plant protein powder supporter like if i, if I was choosing to be like plant-based diet which yeah. i'm not and I actually was raised vegetarian but if i was gonna be a plant-based diet now i would look to do it with like quinoa soybeans like whole foods and, and I'd, and I'd supplement with some type of essential amino acid supplement, but I I could be, there could be new ones that there could be new ones that emerge and that suddenly are better. But if you look at the market right now, most, you know, plant protein powders, I think they, 
they require a lot of extra ingredients to even get to a complete essential amino acid profile. Mm. They're full of a lot of like weird stuff. I mean, just look at the label. Like it's got tons of in- ingredients on it. Mm. They naturally don't taste that good. So you have to add a lot of extra flavoring into them. And they typically are pretty high in like metals. So I'm just like, eh, it's like, interesting. I'd rather just go like, wh- and some of the times the things that's like, I mean, the bros were right. Like whey protein isolate. Like that's like the most bro. The bros knew. It's the most bro thing. And it's yeah. like, it's still. Be a good t-shirt. The bros knew. <laughs> the bros knew. <laughs> They're ahead of their times often uh, yeah i mean Bro they were really interesting times very yeah. legit <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it's just like wrapped in- science needs to catch up you know yeah. and then a textbook it's like what, what what's the time frame like like information in a medical textbook gets updated like every 30 years it's like yes yeah. from 30 years ago yes yeah now in 2050 <laughs> we'll be where we're at now and then we'll start to kind of slowly slowly move the ship bro science is like gains gains bro yeah you're like yeah gains like right now gains you're like okay i think there's something to that (laughs) which i think that that's probably like one of the maybe that's something i think is like kind of a shame is i feel this is this is super anecdotal and this is my perspective this is not i don't know if this is actually true yeah i have the experience when i look at marketing that plant-based proteins are marketed a lot more towards women Hmm. they seem like really hardcore marketed towards towards women or whatever and when you think about bro science stuff and all these dudes and they're whey protein isolate like it's like none of it it's not marketed to them and so people end up becoming also like really influenced by what they get marketed you know and yeah it's too bad it's like someone should just like create like a really beautiful feminine like whey protein isolate yeah (laughs) yeah we get formed by by what we see on the on the commercials yeah and the commercials are everywhere it never stops yeah all right so your recommendation is is whey grass-fed whey protein isolate if you're going to choose a protein powder yeah you don't have to do a protein powder though you can just eat meat like yeah (laughs) eat good amounts of meat throughout the day or you can yeah combine i mean if you're going to go down the plant-based diet i think you just need you need to take more responsibility for really researching the essential amino acid profiles of the foods that you're eating and find how to combine them to get the right what are the supplements mixes. that are non-negotiable for a, a vegan like like i i would i would highly recommend essential amino acids yeah and i would also really highly recommend creatine which again we go sure. back to like bro science yeah but creatine is the most studied supplement i believe right it, yeah it's, it's like, like by the far board, the most like studied supplement. function yeah it's like all yeah. the things and the reason why it's really important is because it does it simply doesn't exist in plants and you don't have to have it but so what creatine does basically creatine supports in that process of atp it lends a phosphate in in the creation of atp so when you're trying to do some type of thing that it needs energy right away from the muscles any type of strength training or just any kind of immediate action creatine supports and serves that process yeah and your body can synthesize it but in very low levels and um yeah if you're just not eating meat you're not getting any of it and so i, w- I would take essential amino acids i would take creatine i think then you basically got it you know, I think assuming you're eating lots of, you're getting like lots of micronutrients from sure. like you're eating a really good plant-based diet. Different protein requirements from a gal to a fella. It's really still just based off weight. Okay. Yeah. It's really about, yeah, it's really about weight. Cool. I feel like we covered a lot. Yeah. It was cool. We did it. <laughs> we went all the way out on the branch. <laughs> oh yeah. We swung down. Yeah, we we, we shimmied down the tree upside down. Yeah. We dug through yeah, we the in. ground. We rode the root system. Yeah. So, can you tell me about the particularly the Keon essential amino acids? Is it a, yeah. it's, it's 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 essential Keon, specifically? Yes. Yeah. So the the name is Keon aminos, but yeah. they are essential amino acids. Mm-hmm. It includes all nine of the essential amino acids, and the formula is based on basically you take human skeletal muscle and you look at how much amino like how much of each of the nine amino acids 
is in that proportionally. And then based off research, and there's a lot of research on this, you increase the amount of leucine to be 40% of the final formula. And then you increase the isoleucine and valine, the other two branch chain amino acids, and the lysine, which is slower to move into the muscle to basically match those higher levels of leucine. And that is the ideal amino acid formulation specifically to support muscle protein synthesis. You could formulate amino acids in different ways to do different things, but if the primary goal is basically to stimulate muscle protein synthesis and to help your body develop healthy new lean muscle, then that's that's the best formula. And it's not, we literally just poured through all the research. It's you know published on the bottle. It's published on our website. I can refer people to. Basically, Dr. Robert Wolf is like the pioneer, not the mm. pioneer. He's really the leading authority on this. He's like over 500 peer-reviewed published papers and has a whole stable of awesome researchers that have come out of his institution and yeah there's a lot published on it so great you could make your own formula you could mix it at home if you wanted to or sweet yeah well thank you thank you thank you i so greatly appreciate this i feel like i'm like i've had a lot of blurry kind of confused well i i I think there's a lot of blurry and confusion in a lot of aspects of my life, but particularly around protein and all of the different types and just, there's just a lot, we get promoted a lot of stuff. There's a lot of marketing. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone is the best, you know? And so I feel, <laughs> I feel like I, I really greatly value your, your very science-based perspective and yeah, I just appreciate you sharing. Thanks. And I would just say, if the science came out and said something different, we would adapt. Right. We would change. That's where we've been. You know, we look at what it says and we just try to, again, have that integrity yeah. with like what I'm putting in my body, putting in my kids' bodies, what I'm communicating to you as another person. So yeah, there's uh, no, there's humility in it too. It's like, we're just, <laughs> we're trying our best. So if people want to, want to get the essential amino acids, where do they go? What do they do? They go, what? They the... can go to getkeon.com. And I think we have a domain for you. So I think it's getkeon.com forward slash align. Right. Anything else? Is there any other pearls to leave us with? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think if I just had to simplify my, my take on any of these things, it would be, look, look at how much protein you're eating and try to eat more. And mm. then, yeah, I've just encouraged people to move. I mean, I feel like that's your whole thing is mm. movement. It's definitely um, part of it. <laughs> yeah. No. So, I didn't mean to put you in a box that that's your whole yeah, thing. Right. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, just like, yeah, just enjoy life. Yep. I'm with that. Yeah. All right. Enjoy life. Get more protein. Move move any kind of movement anything you can do any way you can get your protein any way you can be moving every day twerk 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 that ass yeah smile a lot yep eye contact with your barista <laughs> eye contact with your barista not too much eye contact <laughs> i can go too far and get weird interesting balance yeah you know eye contact mm -hmm. look away give it a break back to the eye yeah. contact yeah all right saying normal speech with the barista helps too like hey how's it going what's yeah. up then that yeah. kind of breaks the creepy eye contact yeah, yeah, have yeah. you tried that Oh, yeah, do yeah. a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah talking. Important. All right. Thank you very much. I'm very hungry. I appreciate y'all tuning in. I so greatly appreciate you, Angela, sharing this with us. And thank you for tuning in. That's it. That's all. Over now. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. If you would like to incorporate some of the stuff that Angelo was referring to in this conversation, you can jump over to getkeon.com slash align and you'll get 20% off on all of the products from Keon. He 
co-founded Heon with Ben Greenfield. These guys really know their stuff. They are creating all of their products based off of what is needed for athletes based on the science. I really trust and appreciate both Ben Greenfield and Angelo. So I'm just grateful that they are doing what they're doing in the world. So if you're interested, jump over to getkeon.com slash align for 20% discount on anything that they create specifically for Align podcast listeners. And once again, thank you guys for leaving reviews on Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to this. Thank you. I dot hand. I don't know how to say it exactly. It's like Edo Thond, something like that. Thank you for the review, Edo Thond. Very kind. And that's it. That's all. Thanks y'all for implementing this information into your life. Nice doing you. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for subscribing. I'll see you next week.